Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. Kay Murray and Shaka Hislop here with you. A lot to talk about when it comes to La Liga and only one place to start, and that is Montilivi, where Girona, the Liga leaders, were taking on Atleti. They got things underway very fast. Valerie opening the scorer for Girona. Alvaro Morata would find the reply in the 14th minute, but then Savio and Daly Blind would have the side ahead before Alvaro Morata got one back on the board before halftime. 3-2 at that point. In the second half, Morata would draw things level to make it 3-3 and also complete his hat-trick. But at the death, even Martin made it 4-3 to Girona to take all three points away from this one and for the dream to continue. And we're going to welcome in Luis Garcia and also Julian Laurent as well. But what, what a game that was, Shaka. We, uh, we didn't know what to do with ourselves. We, we had to look with, with this one because you just felt it could swing any which way. Girona, the fairy tale story of, of, of the season so far, looked so good in the first half. You thought at 3-1, had it won, and then all of a sudden it's 3-3. And as, as I mentioned in the highlight, the second half was all Atletico Madrid. And then you start to question, do Girona have the legs to really see this title challenge through? Do they have a defence that can resist the likes of Atletico Madrid, Griezmann and Morata in the form that they're in? And all signs were, were no. But then as the second half wore on, while Atleti dominated, some of their chances just started to fizzle. But even so, there was an awful lot from, from Girona, um, Dovbic chance aside, and then Ivan Martin just pops up. And from, from nowhere, I don't think anybody saw this coming, he stabs one into the top corner and the fairy tale just continues. It really does continue. And it's so fun to watch too, Luis. Yeah, we've been talking about this, you know, how they are a joy to watch. The, the way, the, the personality they have uh, when on the ball is just magnificent. They know what to do every single time, even in the second half when they decided just to drop back a little bit, allow Atletico Madrid to come against them. Each day they were suffering, they, they look even, uh, they ran out of legs. But it was about when they decided that maybe a point was enough for them and Atletico Madrid was needed to, to go forward and start committing players they start playing again and they start uh, counter-attacking again. And you saw uh, John Golden on the right side just trying to go for the next one and go for the next one. And it was Mati, the one who actually deserved it. He was uh, uh, dismissing the first, uh, the first half by a fantastic uh, save by O'Black. And he scored that uh, last goal in the last uh, minute, not giving Atletico Madrid the chance to maybe get the equalizer. It was a very tight game. We predicted in the beginning of the, of the show, we knew that uh, for Girona it was... Perfect, a, a, a draw, it was a, a very good result for them. But again, they never, never play with the result. They just uh, enjoy the ball they have. That is a fantastic manager that is giving a lot of confidence and players who probably not many people know them well, where actually they are well known right now because they are the top of the, of the league uh, joined by Real Madrid. So fantastic what they are doing so far this season. And they're not there by accident, Jules. Do you think they can keep it up? Well, there's no reason why they can't because we've been saying all through this first half of the season or at some point it's, this is going to stop and it's not stopping. They've lost only one game and that was at the Bernabeu against Real Madrid in a game that they actually played really well too. And the 3-0 the defeat was, was harsh on the day, but they have 48 points after 20 games, which is one less than they had in the whole of last season when they finished 10th. It's just an incredible story. I don't think sometimes we really realised what they're doing with the with the squads nowhere near as good as the other the, the big three really. And even in the the way Michel is using is using the depth in the squad. Porto, Stuani, when they come on, they, they bring something. Valeri, who started tonight, but came on against Barcelona, for example, away in that big win. 
before before Christmas and 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 scored late like Stuani. It's, it's just everything right now is going their way and they've had hardly no injuries either and they obviously don't play in Europe, which is a big advantage. But still, there's no reason why they can't continue like this. It's incredible. Yeah, it really is incredible, Luis, especially when we keep looking at them game by game to see where will it be that there's a problem. Obviously, they lost to Real Madrid, as Jules mentioned, but they've taken on Barcelona at this stage and obviously Atleti in this game too. And we're just taking a look here at the results. Two out of three ain't bad. No, not bad at all. And uh, you can see that always with a lot of goals on the games, there is a team that is very creative. They are just thinking on one thing, that is to try to find the net uh, in the other side. It's true that they look vulnerable at some times. We saw it today against Atletico Madrid. We saw against Barcelona that they make mistakes. There are moments where they lose the focus on the game and they maybe look that, that like they are uh, having troubles in defense. But again, it's a joy to watch. My only concern is if this type of players, when they have right March and they can see the trophy right there in front of them, they can manage those expectations. Those thinking about the pressure is right now on us. If we lose the games, if we drop points, maybe all the work that we've done for so many months is not going to be worth it. That's the pressure that I want to see if they can um, handle it very well. Okay, talking about handling things, you're going to have to handle this next question, Luis Garcia, former Atleti player. That's four straight away losses for Diego Simeone's men. They are now 10 points adrift of the top two. What's happened to them? Are they going to be okay? I guess they're going to be okay today. It's true that Girona deserved also the three points, but Atletico Madrid showed the personality that they have, and in the second half, they imposed their game against Girona. Again, it's a team that looks very, very uh, strange so from the, the Atletico de Madrid that we saw four years back. They don't look as solid, and this Atletico de Madrid is based on that. To be in a solid defense, be very compact, and allowing the players in the, from midfield and the attack to create and score goals. But so far, they haven't, they haven't done that. They look very weak at the back, making so many mistakes we saw. Uh, today, Koke once again, a couple of times, maladjustment between Hermoso and, uh, and Wiesel or, or Jimenez. Those are the mistakes that Simeone doesn't like. Those are the ones who make him very angry. And this Atletico Madrid, if they want to at least get closer to the top uh, of La Liga, they need to start uh, stopping conceding goals very easily. And today, once again, they conceded four, something that is not usual on a Simeone side. On a more positive side, though, and let me just stick with it, Luis, because he's been all over the Spanish press today as Alvaro Morata. He really is in form at the moment, and he showed it once again in this clash. Yeah, he's a, he's a key player right now for Atletico in Madrid. Of course, for, for our national teams, he's so important for the European Championship because he's going to be our number nine. Today, the most important is that he, even though that he got a couple more options to, to score, maybe even one more goal, I think that he kept the composure in a couple of occasions. This one is a top, top class goal. In the last moment, he managed to stop the, the time into the box, just right there, and to make a fantastic finish just with one excellent tap-in. I think he's a, a, a striker that for, on today's game is great for Atletico Madrid. He finds the, 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 the spaces, he makes up a great run. It's true that sometimes he plays right on the eight and gets into the offside quite often. But today, he was a top side three. Three goals is not easy to, to score for a, a striker. And today, he was brilliant for Atletico.
Real Madrid started the new year as they ended the last one with a 1-0 win, this time over Mallorca. Goal once again coming from a corner, this time the goal scorer Antonio Rudiger. It was a game where we saw Vinny Jr. return to the starting 11 and Real Madrid stay at the summit of La Liga alongside Girona level on 48 points at the top of the table. What stood out to you from this game, Jules? Well, I mean, I know Shaka was quite optimistic before predicting a 3-0 win, but we, we said, all, the three of us, for four of us with UK, that it was going to be difficult and tricky a little bit because of the way this Mallorca team plays, defend, defend well in the, in the 5-4-1 formation. And we also said that Rodrigo, coming back to the right-hand side because Vinicius was back onto the left, that maybe it was going to be a bit different and Rodrigo was, didn't have the impact that he had during Vinicius' injury. Vinicius played an hour, like we said as well, with some good moments, but also you could clearly tell that he's not fully match fit yet. There's a couple of moments where maybe he kept the ball a little bit too long. So this, this will come. But overall, it was a bit underwhelming from Real Madrid. However, like we also said, they've, they've at times found ways this season to win, whether it's set pieces, and you mentioned the game before Christmas as well, whether it's just a Jude Bellingham leg goal like we saw against Celta, like we saw against Getafe, all those games that in the end were maybe not amazing with the ball, certainly collectively, but found a way through individual brilliance to go and win it. And I think tonight was exactly that. And I think Carlo Ancelotti, you're right, would be very happy with the win, even if the performance collectively was not the best. So what of Vinny's return then, Luis? Because we were expecting to see him back sometime in February. Then we see that he's fit enough to play, actually fit enough to start as well. Yeah, sometimes uh, this kind of play amazes me because uh, when we are talking about muscle injuries, uh, they are very complicated. You, you can raise yourself to be away from the game for quite a longer period. But uh, he plays 60 minutes and he, in a very decent way. We saw him sharp at moments, a couple of, of chances that he missed, one of them because of the, a fantastic save. But he was involved in most of the of the chances that Real Madrid created in the first 45 minutes. And he was later on the second half where you could see that he looked a little bit tired. He was replaced very quick on the second half to try to don't risk any, any more injuries for the future. I think Ancelotti did well. But again, it was the first uh, game after quite a, a long period and, and it looked good. Once again, Real Madrid uh, relying on, on him, on Rodrigo, Jude uh, Bellingham, but it was the center by Rodrigo today who managed to get that, uh, that fantastic goal, that fantastic header, and get the three points. And I'm sure that Real Madrid will be very happy because now they are regaining uh, players who were injured, like Arda Gullet that we didn't see today. And also Camavinga is going to be uh, soon back on the, on the squad. So good news for Real Madrid so far for, in this 2024. Is it a two-horse race, Shaka? Yeah. I, I, listen, I, I think the gap right now, um, was it nine between Atleti and, and, and the top two? I, I just don't see them making up that ground. And, and while, yes, we, we still question whether Girona can go the whole distance, um, whether they can handle the, the, the pressures as, as, as the season goes on, and still this is not the best Real Madrid we've seen, nine points is an awful lot of ground to make up. I, I just don't see Atleti, Atleti making that up. Um, this season. So I, I think it's down to Girona for, for the It's upset. 10 right now. It's 10 points to make up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't, I just, I just don't see it. I don't, I, that's right. I, I just don't, I just don't see it. Okay. So you don't see it. Do you see it, Luis? No, it's going to be tricky. Even if I try to be positive and thinking about uh, Barcelona to winning tomorrow against Las Palmas, that is not going to be a very easy game. Seven points is still a, a big gap between the, these uh, two teams. I think 
thinking about Real Madrid dropping points, that uh, probably they will drop some points, but we can see Real Madrid maybe losing one and drawing another one in the next coming three, uh, four months. Uh, we know that Champions League is going to get back and that's going to hit hard on Real Madrid because the squad is not uh, that uh, deep. But definitely, I think it's a big gap. So I'm not sure if Atletico Madrid is going to have the chance of getting back and Barcelona will have to wait and see tomorrow. Have you got Real Madrid or Girona, Jules? I mean, for the experience and the pressure and having been in the position and be Real Madrid full stop, I think you have to put them favourite, of course. But, but I think the Girona side has showed, like we've been saying, how incredible they can be. And if you can do it over 19 games, you might be able to do it over the other 19 games of all the reverse fixtures. Girona will host Real Madrid, will host Barcelona as well in the weeks and months to come, which is big. And the same can be said for Barca. Even if Barca win tomorrow against Las Palmas, it's seven points. If you were seven points behind one team, we could say, OK, maybe they can do it. There's still a Clásico to be played. In, in, at the Bernabeu, but still a Clásico. But to come back seven points over two teams who are, play, who are doing so well, I think would be probably too much for Barca. So it would be Real Madrid or Girona, and we have to make Real Madrid the favourite because, again, it's Real Madrid against, you know, tiny Girona who've never been there before. Now let's talk about, again, and let's talk about Mbappe, because it's January, so we're allowed to talk about him. We don't need permission to do that. But Real Madrid would have permission to do so now, Jules. What's the latest situation? Yeah, they have permission, like every club, to uh, speak to the Mbappé camp, to Faisal Amari, his mum, an agent, to try to sign a pre-agreement now for next season. Obviously, we know for sure that he's not going to leave PSG 9 in January. This is not, uh, this is impossible and he doesn't want to anywhere. For the rest, the camp is saying that they haven't decided yet what to do, staying a little bit longer in Paris. So or changing clubs and going to Real Madrid, going to Liverpool, going to, you know, wherever they want to go. They haven't decided yet, which I, be I believe them, really. Uh, and certainly they are in no rush to do so. Why would you decide now where you're going to play next season? You have plenty of time, a lot of things can happen. Uh, I think the longer he waits, the more power he also gets, because maybe the longer he waits, the more teams are going to come forward to see if they can sign him. And if he's a free agent, which right now, he is because his contract expires in June 2024, then I think you don't have to pay a transfer fee, you would have to pay a, a, bonus, a signing on fee and, and bonus and high wages, of course, super high wages, even if he would take a pay cut to compare to what he earns now in Paris. Um, it's still a huge investment, so there's not many clubs in the world really right now who can afford Kylian Mbappé. OK, let's talk about a game coming up tomorrow between Las Palmas and Barcelona because Vito Roche is in the squad for Barcelona. He obviously is now a Barcelona player. Xavi's been talking about the player and when we might see him. And he said, we'll take things step by step with him. He is a kid, aged 18, so we can't load him with responsibility now because he needs time to adapt. But he's ready to play in his training well. He can play with Lewandowski perfectly. He can play wide or as a number nine. He will generate competition for all forwards in the squad, which is a big positive. OK, when you see this player, it's very understandable why there is so much excitement around him, Jules. But is there a lot of expectations on the shoulders of an 18-year-old that, OK, he's going to come in, we're going to be fine now? Completely, yeah, and I think it's unfair on him as well to put all that kind of pressure on him. And I don't, I don't think, certainly not from the club, from the media, probably, I'm, I'm, I don't think Vitor Roque would, would read the Catalan newspapers right now. 
we've seen 18-year-old South Americans coming to Europe, to Spain especially, and obviously needed some time to adapt. Some adapt quicker than others, of course. That's natural. That's natural. And they don't always struggle. Some struggle for a little bit longer. It'd be interesting to see what happens. I don't expect to see him tomorrow against Las Palmas, but the Copa del Rey, for example, is perfect for him to get some minutes to play, the, to wear that number 19 shirt and to make his debut, for example. And then I, I found really fascinating that Xavi says that him and Lewandowski can play together because we really had the impression that it would be one or the other. And suddenly, so Paranense, he played as a lone striker for most of the time. So I think maybe Xavi has already seen at training that he can find a way of playing both Lewandowski and Vitor Roque, the two up front, Vitor Roque a bit wider, like he said in the, in the quote that you read too, this, which is great. I think Xavi needs more option anywhere up front and he would bring him that. Let's just hope for them that he can hit the ground running very quickly. And tell us about your Barca debut, Luis. <laughs> it was a lot about um, uh, nerves and excitement and running around. I think I did uh, three, three falls in 15 minutes. I didn't touch the ball twice because at the end you feel that pressure. Uh, I was called to play in the Super Cup of Spain against Mallorca and I was running around trying to chase the ball. I did, I think, that three kilometers in those minutes that I played because I wanted to show that I was uh, <laughs> ready to, to impress uh, uh, Luis Van Hal, that he was the manager, but really was, uh, it wasn't the, the debut uh, uh, that I expected, but definitely a very important one that I will have always in my memory. And when it comes to debuts, what, what's going through your head when you're coming out for the first time, especially as a young player? Don't do anything stupid. Especially as a goalkeeper. Yeah, exactly. That, that's, that's all you're hoping for. Let me just get through this relatively unscathed because, especially as a, as a young player, you, the expected, expectation is that you're going to build into it. Um, unlike, say, Lewandowski, who, who signed, there, there's a different expectation around him than, than Vitor Rocky. So right now, you're just thinking, let me get some minutes on the park, let me get a couple of touches, let me not do anything too silly, and, uh, and, and build from there. Uh, just a quick question, because the height obviously has come up in this one, because we're seeing a 5'8 player here, and we know Robert Lewandowski's, what, about 6'1", Luis Garcia. Do you do anything differently regarding your striker's height when they come in, and especially will Barcelona have to adapt in any way? No, I don't think so. I think that uh, he's got the, the, like you just said, the main role is going to be as in the forward, Xavi. It's just sending a message to him and to the rest of the people because if a, a young player arrives and knows that his uh, position in front of you is Lewandowski, that he has played every single minute for the past uh, year and a half, um, I think that uh, in your mind is I'm not going to have minutes. So he's opening, try to uh, more option for him. He's opening uh, on him the, the hope that he can play in different position. Uh, but it, it's not changing about if you are higher or not. If he's good, uh, and I'm, I'm expecting him to be very good on his feet, and he can play in, in the different position, not in the wide areas, but also as a second striker sometimes, if he can be linked between midfield and the striker. Well, Barcelona will be taking on Las Palmas, as we mentioned, tomorrow, and they certainly will be hoping to get a win in this game to avoid those top two pulling away from them, as has been the case with Atleti today. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled, and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. 
Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Manchester United are said to be in talks with Borussia Dortmund over Jadon Sancho and a loan deal until the end of the season. The player returning, Julian Laron and Luis Garcia still with Shaka and myself. Jules, what more can you tell us about this whole situation? Is he heading back to Borussia Dortmund? Yes, I think so, Okay, This is very likely to be done uh, considering the, the negotiations are really well advanced between Sancho and Dortmund and the two clubs. As well, I expect him to join Dortmund in the, the they go to Marbella for the, the winter camp in the sun uh, in the next few days. I think tomorrow actually, and I think he would be there very soon after, if not at the same time. I think personally, it's an amazing deal from a Dortmund point of view because they're only going to pay three million euros for the six months that Jadon Sancho is going to spend there, which includes wages. And when you know how much he's earning right now, three million, which includes a loan fee as well, is is ridiculously low. I think so. In a way, it's even Manchester United kind of paying for Sancho to go and play somewhere else, which, in a way, you can understand because there's no future for him at Manchester United. If he has good six good months in Dortmund, then next summer when you want to sell him, then his stock would have. Reason, obviously, because of those good moments and good months in Dortmund. And for him is to go back to Dortmund to work again with Terzic, who had a really good influence on him in the six months uh, that he was coaching him as an interim coach in 2021. So all of that, and you can understand Dortmund needing not, not another winger. That's not, I think, was the I mean, yes, it's another winger and they already have a lot, but he's a winger with a different skill set to Nadeyemi, to Malen, to uh, Baino Gittens, for example. So they needed someone like him. And at that price, I think it makes a lot of sense for Dortmund. Uh, there was interest, Xhaka, for said to be interest from Juventus, from Leipzig as well. Do you think Dortmund is a good place for him to go back to at this stage with everything going on around him right well, now? I, I think it's a good place given the fact that he knows Dortmund and, and played for Dortmund. He knows that club, he knows his setup, um, and had some, had some good years there. And, and I, I'm with Jules in that um, he was going absolutely nowhere in, in Manchester. So he needed a move at least to... to Add some value to, to his stock. It, it works for Manchester United if uh, if Jadon Sancho has, has a good six months. Um, but I, I yeah, to to, to Drew's point, three month, three million is, is not a, a big gamble to take. I, I haven't seen well quite clearly from 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 that stat. Um, there's nothing that Jadon Sancho has done in Manchester United to suggest that he's going to rekindle that that lost spark. Um, so. I understand the, 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 the gamble. I'm just a little, 
I'm not that convinced that it, it works out. So how do you come back? How can he come back, Luis, after what has been a, a long time away from being at the best of himself? Quick and with the opportunities and getting minutes. I think the most important is as soon as he arrived to, to Dortmund, start playing and start playing a lot of minutes. That's how he's going to get back the confidence, get back the way that he was back in 2021. I think he's a magnificent player. I think he can bring so many, because there are not many players like him who can be players, can score goals, who can assist. We, we, you, you saw the stats. But definitely, he's, we have to look at, he's only 23. He's a player who should start his career right now. And we are talking like he was a long time ago or at the end of his career. So I think, and I'm expecting him to do well as soon as when he arrived, he arrived with the right attitude, with the right mentality and ready to work because they are not going to give him the minutes for free. They uh, Dortmund has got already a team built and strong. They only need a couple of things and maybe he can add those, uh, those moments. So I think he's a great player and he can add a lot of good things to Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, and you'll be able to see him on ESPN as well, playing his football with Borussia Dortmund should all go well. Let's focus on the Premier League then and how things have turned out since we have had Christmas. Let's just say that, because when we were heading into Christmas, yeah. Arsenal, top of the table, mm -hmm. isn't the case now. They're fourth at this stage, and it's Liverpool who are top of the table, and we'll get to Liverpool in just a moment. But Jules, I think last time you were on, particularly with me anyway, Arsenal were top. What's gone wrong since then? What's going on? Sorry, Kay, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, the uh, the line just cut when you asked me the question. Oh, Sorry. Very convenient when we're asking you what's gone wrong with Arsenal. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, so no, what's no, gone wrong you. with Arsenal over these last few games? They were top going into Christmas Day, and now they're not. They're fourth. Yeah, that's right. From top to fourth. I mean, we know. We all know that football can go very quickly. They look so good against Brighton, for example, in their home win. And then the West Ham game happened where they didn't defend well at all, but they were still, for me, the better side and could have played that game again and, and would have won it. However, I think the most worrying is the Fulham defeat because they didn't play well at all. It was their worst performance of the season. They conceded some cheap goals again, where defensively they've been really solid, uh, pretty much up to the, to the West Ham game. Even if they conceded there and there, they looked solid. They looked more in control of their games, of the performance of the game, the tempo of the game. And especially against Fulham, there was none of that. So there might be a bit of tiredness and, and some players have played a lot already and some players are less efficient than last season. The front three especially, Martinelli is clearly through, going through a, a time where he, he's, he's lost a bit of confidence. Gabriel Jesus is Gabriel Jesus. We know everything good that he brings, but we also know that he should be scoring a bit more goals. And then Bukayo Saka, it feels like a lot rests on him and, and maybe a little bit too much, actually. So it's still not over for them, of course. They're still not too far behind Liverpool, Villa and, and City. But they just can't have, again, that kind of the deeper form that we saw against West Ham and Fulham. Luis, what's your thoughts on Arsenal's attack right now? Well, once again, we, we saw that uh, in terms of what happened last year, uh, Arsenal was looking strong, was looking um, uh, enjoyable to watch because uh, the, the way that Arteta always uh, delivers his team is, is, a, is a way of creating, of uh, a, a enjoyment. You can see the players that they're having fun. And now if you see a body language of the player, is not the same. They look tense, they, they look worried, they look concerned about not getting the results. And that's a pressure that... They've, uh, they received last year, and it looks like this season is exactly the same. 
they starting feeling the pressure that they, the gap between uh, Liverpool and Aston Villa is getting bigger. The Manchester City, they are going to get back, even though they have a few bad results. And that's pressure that you are putting on the top of uh, what they already have. That is, the last year they were very close, and this season, once again, they are missing the chance. So I think that is not because uh, the, this team he doesn't have the talent uh, to get the, the results needed to be consistent and to arrive to the last part of the season with chances of winning it. It's just that pressure they start feeling once again, and they maybe is going to make them miss the chance of fighting for Premier League once again. OK, Luis, given that you are on and Liverpool are top, we've got to go there and get you to talk about that. I'm sure you're happy to Bring do so. On. But how are they going to deal with the absence of Mo Salah? Wow, that, that's not the question that I was expecting, Kay. I was expecting a nicer one. Uh, we are looking good. We are looking strong. Not this show. <laughs> we are looking so... We've been talking a lot about uh, our defence, uh, conceding goals, and now that we look solid, the Bandai is back again uh, to become the leadership. You're going to ask me about Mo Salah and how we are going to miss him so much, of course, because Liverpool, uh, you, we've been proven that uh, we, Nunes not having that clarity in front of the goal. Now uh, is back Jota, so maybe we can have some ads. And with uh, um, Luis Diaz also on the left side providing assists and goals, I think we're going to be fine. But yeah, that big piece of uh, not having Mo Salah, I still don't know how, how are we going to work with it because he's a key player. It's not only the, the amount of goals he can bring to the team, it's the, 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 the amount of attraction because when he's on the field, he managed to, to attract players on him and release spaces and release attention from other players who can arrive in second line that we've seen against uh, uh, in the game against um, Newcastle uh, when they won 4-2 with the arrival of players like Diogo Jota or Luis Diaz or even Nunes or Gatko in second line. So I think it's very, very difficult. We still don't know who is going to be playing in that position, maybe Harry Elliott is is, a, in, is, in a, is an option. Maybe changing a little bit the shape and not having a, a wide player on the right side. But definitely something that uh, Liverpool needs to adapt very quick because he's a key, key player and probably unreplaceable. So are Liverpool going to win the league this season, Luis? I hope so. I... I, I I don't see things that uh, tells me that uh, maybe they are going to miss it. I think that uh, with the opportunity that they are having, getting results, looking good, because now, again, I'm, I'm going to repeat myself, they look very solid at the back. It's a team that with Konate and Van Dijk, I think they found a, a great partnership, allowing uh, Alexander Arnold to get into the middle. Uh, you got so many different uh, uh, options up front with Gakko, with Nunes, with Jota, with Luis Diaz, players who can combine, who can play together. Uh, I think Soboslai have brought something different to the team, that box-to-box -box player who can score goals, but also give you that ball into the midfield. I think that is something very important. Makalite is back into the team once again, so uh, it looks very strong, to be honest, and I don't see why not uh, they can go all the way. All right, let's talk about Jurgen Klopp then. We did tell you at the top of the show that we would be because obviously he's had a lot to celebrate recently, although in the midst of some celebrations, and namely the one over Newcastle with that 4-2 win, <laughs> he lost his wedding ring. Luckily, there are eagle eyes everywhere when it comes to football games and cameramen everywhere as well. Cameraman did spot it. There's a big sigh of relief for Jurgen Klopp, a little kiss at the camera. Would you be getting away with this, Shaka? No, I wouldn't. 
First of all, it's a good thing you've got such a lovely pitch, by the way. Back, back in our day, that, that ring would have been long gone. You'd have been lost in some pile of mud somewhere. So at least it's a nice green surface. You, you can find it. But I, I'm not sure how you go back home to Mrs. Klopp and say, oh, you wouldn't believe what happened. I just happened to lose the ring on the pitch. Yeah, all right. I wasn't getting away with it. I'd have, been st- I'd have stayed there, I'd have mowed the grass, everything, until I, found, until I found my ring. Yep, well, luckily he got away with that one. What about you, Luis? I hear you laughing there. He blamed it on dropping a few kilos. That's why he dropped off his finger. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, a good, it's a good way. Maybe he's, he's, he should think about uh, getting it and put a, a necklace and put it on the top here. <laughs> so he's not gonna, never going to miss it because leaving the pitch, I mean, I, I wouldn't have stayed trying to find the, the ring the whole night with the lights on until I found it before to arrive home without that ring on. What about you? What about you, Jules? Uh, you know, the, the, I mean, the funniest maybe is you see it on his face as soon as you realise he's dropped it, that his face is just like, oh, no, like, this, this can't be happening right now. And Ula, his wife, who is very, is a very nice person, like, like the boy said, would not have been happy, I think, if he'd got home like that. So well done to him for fighting it quite quickly. So his, t- his heart could beat again because I think his heart must have stopped once he realised that he'd lost it. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, one of those moments. Nice little kiss for the kid. One of those little moments that eagle eyes everywhere. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Okay, let's talk about Shaka's favourite human then, shall we? But let's see if he stays his favourite human after what I'm about to tell you. (laughs) T.G. Buffon has been talking about the size of the goal and he said, when I began in 1998, I was among the top five tallest players in Serie A. Even last season, playing for Parma in Serie B, I was still among the top five tallest players, but out of 22 on the pitch. You can see the impact of a goalkeeper's height on long shots. 30 years ago, for every 50 shots, there were 10 goals. Today, three out of 50 is very low. Scoring from a distance against a two meter tall goalkeeper is much more challenging. I mean, Shaka, this goes against all rules of the goalkeeper's union, doesn't yeah. it? What's he doing? I have absolutely, I'll have to have a strong word with, with Gigi Buffon. Listen, I, I kind of get what he's seeing in terms, of, in terms of the stats and how he's looking at it. I don't, I don't agree though. I, I think 
the, the, the drop in those stats has a lot to do with kind of the development of, of the position and how goalkeepers train. And if, to, to his point, he's no longer one of the five tallest in the league and it's only five tallest on, on the pitch at the time, make the pitch bigger. Because there's still only two goalkeepers and still among the <laughs> tallest there. So if the outfield players are getting bigger, make the pitch bigger. How about that? <laughs> So I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Titi. I'm, we're going to have to review your... Me no, he's a lifetime. Oh, but can we be a bit cynical here as well? Because, you know, he's got a fair few records. He's, he's like yeah. minutes without conceding, clean sheet records as well. Oh, so he wants to keep those... Because he's saying, oh, I don't want anyone saying. catching up with me. That's that. Now that I'm not playing anymore. Oh, you see, I didn't... Let's I, just make the goals I don't bigger. have a cynical mind like you, Key. That's... That's because he's your favourite human. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why are you laughing, Luis? I bet you're in favour of it. <laughs> no, actually, no, no, not much. Listen, I'm a striker and I've been always looking for to try to find a way of scoring goals, of course. But the way that the, the defenders have to defend on these days, the way that the, keep, the keeper needs to keep uh, clean sheets every weekend, I think they is getting uh, ridiculous. Because if you make the, the, the goals bigger, if you don't allow the defenders to, they, they have to defend with the hands and the back because if not, it's going to be a humble. If there is no way that, that you can touch because if they are right there and you can commit a penalty, I mean, I don't know what, what else they can do to, to, to try to uh, bring more goals on the table. But definitely, I don't think that the, the best idea is to make the goals bigger and make it more difficult for keepers. Even Luis is back in the goalies. I know. Even Luis is in the goalkeepers' today. union today. You know what? We'll let him knock off early for all that. Right, okay. Been right, on for a long right. day. He's somewhere else in the world again. <laughs> Always on his travels. We'll let him go and get some rest. Thanks so much for being with us today, Luis. Thank you, guys. Good to see you. Jules, we're making stick around a little bit longer. He's having a long day like us. He will be on the latest edition of Extra Time because there will be a few questions for him. Make sure to check that out over on our YouTube channel. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. A reminder of a wild and chaotic game at Montelivi today, which Girona finished 4-3 winners against Atleti. Our Gemma Soler was there. She spoke to Eric Garcia. But first, let's hear from one of the goal scorers on the day, Daily Blind. Congratulations for this amazing, thrilling game, one of the most fun games to watch this, this La Liga. How are you feeling after that? Yeah, it's it's an amazing feeling, of course, because you're on the winning side. But I can imagine for the the people who are watching, uh, even if you're a fan of Girona or Atletico, or just from another team, I think 
this was a game with, with everything and uh, this is what people like to see. We are very happy that we are on the winning side in the end. Um, I think it could go both ways. It was a very risky game from both teams and um, incredible. So you were in, in the Premier League because everyone is talking about that Leicester, Girona. Now you were in the Premier League back then. Um, do, do you see some similarities and do you think this Girona is strong enough to keep this amazing uh, winning way? Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to compare those things. Um, like now, it's like uh, the last game of the, the first half of the season. We are just on, on the half now and it's up to us to show what we, what we, have, to, what we have inside us in the in the next coming coming weeks and um, I don't want to uh, to say it out loud, out loud. Uh, it's important that we stick together keep our feet on the ground and work hard and uh, then we see it game by game and we see where this story ends uh, we are living um I would say amazing dreams here, uh, getting the wins against top teams where no one would expect we would take them. But uh, we need to keep uh, going forward. Uh, we are a really humble team, a really competitive team. We've shown a lot of times we can win everyone, but we need to keep like this, uh, thinking game by game. And then in the future we will see where, where we are. You can win La Liga. I don't know. I wouldn't say that right now. I would say we need to focus game by game because, of course, Barça, Madrid, Atletico, as they've shown today, they will fall for it. And we need to keep going there like we are doing, fighting for every game and trying to win every game. Thank you. Congratulations. Gracias. Gemma, the dream continues. It must have been brilliant to be there today. <laughs> Oh yes, Kay, it was an amazing atmosphere. I think a, a new team like this one, like Girona, they need magical nights to, to build this team, the fan base, the atmosphere. We certainly lived a, a magical night here. Uh, yeah, we did the same a year ago when they beat Real Madrid 4-2, but today it was a special. I've seen the most exciting atmosphere here. A month ago, the, all the tickets were sold out for this game, and this tells you a lot about a, a city, a, a new fan base, that they are uh, behind this team that they they keep on winning and we talk about Leicester but this team is winning in an amazing beautiful way of uh, playing football uh, and they have these these players that most of them are uh, underdogs that they were uh, absolutely unknown last season and, and they are managing to 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 keep uh, uh, winning and winning and especially fighting this never give up a spirit i think what it's uh, making it very magical this this girona side uh, with a coach that is uh, michel that he's from vallecas he's from madrid he, he arrived here uh, one season ago he speaks catalan like any other in in girona i've just seen the the ceo and the president uh, Pedro guardiola and del figeli go back to the locker room uh, there, there was such a happy feeling in that locker room of of girona that they are living something magical but they are hungry they want more so yes it's been an absolute pleasure to to live this roller coaster crazy game with beautiful goals with a lot of football and with Atletico living absolutely devastated we were able to talk to Alvaro Morata after a hat trick um, he, he was so uh, his body language was like he was struggling a lot to understand what happened here in Montilivi yeah, I can imagine. But obviously, wonderful atmosphere there right now. Very exciting times. Are you going to take advantage and go and party tonight? It's a great time of year to be doing so, Gemma. Look where your mind is.
<laughs> no, I'm, I'm not going. I'm going to go back to home at, in Barcelona, but I'm sure that, yes, in, in Girona, there's going to be a, a big party. And in the next days, you know, the, the three kings are coming, Los Reyes Magos. Yeah. And, and I'm sure it's going to be very special for, for Girona because this, this small town, they are living a dream that they couldn't even imagine. And, and it's not because they win. It's the way they win, the spirit that it's, they are building. It's the feeling that they are building something very, very special. So they've got the presence just a couple of days before the, the Three Kings. Yeah, and as you say, they're entertaining us all while they do it too. Gemma, great work today. We'll let you go and get some rest and we'll speak to you again soon. And make sure to be with us more La Liga coming up for you. All of these matches as always available on ESPN Plus. Osasuna taking on Almeria. Sevilla against the Athletic Club who are also worth looking out for this season. And of course, Las Palmas against Barcelona. A little look at some U.S. men's national team transfer news. Americans in MLS. Zach Steffen reportedly set to join the Colorado Rapids along with Georgie Mihailovic also to do the same. And Miles Robinson sticking around in MLS set to join FC Cincinnati. More talk about this on the latest edition of Football Americas. Make sure to join Sebi and Herc to get their thoughts on this and many more things. Well, that will do it for the latest edition of ESPN FC, but we're going to stick around just a little bit longer. Jules will be back. We're going to answer your questions on Extra Time. Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. We've had a long day, all three of us. Long day. Me, Shaka and Jules have been here for the long run. Look at Jules. So Jules is up a lot later than us as well, bless no. him. Yeah. It's not that. I just, Kylian Mbappé spoke after the uh, the French Super Cup and I just got the quotes and I'm sending the quotes to the ESPN uh, website desk so they can write something as I can't right now because I'm doing the show. So it's not that I was ignoring you or producer Mike. It's just that I'm about to press the button but give to us send all the Kylian Mbappé quotes. And by the way, they are really good quotes. So let me just let me just send this quickly. I'm sorry to do this in extra time. You know I'm sure of extra time. We bring it yeah, to us. Um, it better be worth the wait, Joe. It's just live. Um, he's going so around he's the saying, uh, <laughs> He's not saying that. He's saying basically what, which I'm glad because it's exactly what we just said uh, on the show that he hasn't he hasn't made his decision yet. Uh, that um, he hang on, he's there. He's very motivated to win titles by this year, uh, but no, I haven't taken my decision yet. I haven't made a choice. With the agreement I had with the PSG president in the summer, the most important is that we have protected all parties. We preserved the serenity of the club for the challenge to come in case he's leaving. I guess that's what he means. But for now, basically, he's saying that he doesn't know. Uh, and then we asked him if he was going to be as late as he was in 2022. Remember, that was end of May. And he said, no, I don't know. It was at the end of May in 2022 because I didn't know until May what I was going to do, so which was staying in Paris or going to Real Madrid, and he decided to stay. If I know what I want to do, why, 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 why waiting? It would be it would make no sense if I was waiting. So if I, when I know, I will, I will make the decision and, and do it, kind of thing. Uh, and then he goes again about I'm focused on winning trophies, blah blah blah. So it's not much more than certainly it's the same that what we said on the show. Not much more that we didn't really know before, but at least it's on record. What um, makes me a little bit. Um, Skeptical is that he goes back on the agreement that he has with Nasser Al Khalifi, the PSG president. The, remember when he was dropped from the squad back in the summer? 
uh, and he says, you know, we have an agreement that protects the two parties and preserves the serenity of the club going forward for the challenges, which means that basically he means that if he leaves as a free agent, they have an agreement that he will um, turn down some of the bonuses that the club, that PSG owes him, so he doesn't actually leave on a free, he leaves without those bonuses, so PSG still uh, don't, are not left with nothing. So to me, for me, for him to repeat that tonight shows that maybe he's kind of uh, angling towards leaving. Hmm. Unless you're in France, you heard it here first, thanks to Julien Laurent. Jules, Jules doesn't look happy at all, does he? No. Oh, man. <laughs> no, it's not that. Sorry, Jules. I'm just yeah. I'm processing it all now. I'm processing it all already. Okay. That's He'll go to okay. Arsenal, Jules. Well, well, He'll go what? to Arsenal and you'll be happy. How about it? Keep you happy. <laughs> yeah, get you back Imagine, on top. Imagine, I would love it. <laughs> the, the first question is about Mbappe, Jules, perfectly. If Mbappe does leave PSG, does that end the dominance of PSG in Ligue 1? Should PSG start relying on its academy more to build a team that can truly contend? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I mean, knowing the Qatari owners, if Kylian goes, they will replace him with another big... And even if he leaves on a free agent, as we just explained, there, there is between 80 million euros and 100 million euros of bonuses that he would uh, kind of wave off. So they will have that kind of money to be able to spend. And if you look at someone like Rafael Leao, for example, like Victor Ozyman, I don't know, those kind of players, uh, uh, same age as Kylian or slightly younger maybe, but that kind of potential, I think this is what PSG will be looking at. However, I also like very much the second part of the question on the academy. We've seen, obviously, Warren Zaire-Emery having an amazing season so far, 17-year-old and the latest graduate from the academy. There's a lot of talent in there. The problem with all those young players is you can't just have a team of 17, 18, 19-year-olds. This is, it just doesn't work like this and still win. So, yes, I'm all for the young product, the very good one from the academy, but you also need experience with them, you need big players, you need all of that, otherwise it's not going to work. So right now, for me, the balance is still just not right between the kind of superstar signing or expensive signing and the academy. And if they get a bit more of the middle ground, I think I would be happy and a lot of fans would be happy too. But again, that's not easy. How many, how many Mbappe or Zaire Emery do you have in one, in, in one year group? A club like PSG or like any other top clubs, not many. Mm -hmm. We know how it works. It cycles. Sometimes you just have one wonder kid. Sometimes you don't have a wonder kid for two or three years. So it's not as easy as it sounds to just say, oh yeah, look, the academy must be great. Let's rely on them. It's another question. It's another PSG related question, but it's not about Mbappe. Next, it says, for Jules, can we get some love for PSG midfielder Lee Kang-in, who bagged a goal today in the Trophy de Champion? How good is this kid? And do you expect South Korea to win the Asian Cup in Qatar? Ah, it's been amazing, okay, really amazing in the first six months of the season. Uh, I think surpassing all the expectations that maybe we had, we knew how gifted technically he was, of course, but then you know, to, to come to Paris from, uh, from Mallorca and have this kind of impact in a team of superstars really like that is wonderful. The goal today is a really good finish because he's in the right place at the right time, but all his all-round game that he's shown so far was great, so it's a big blow that he's going. I think they will go far they, if they finish top of their group and Japan finish top of their group. They could meet in the final and I don't, I don't see any team that, not even Australia or Saudi Arabia, that are as good currently as this Japan and, Co and South Korea team. So, yeah, I expect him to go all the way, which will take us 
Well, unfortunately, uh, in mid-February, I think the final is 11th or 13th of Feb, uh, which is only a few days before the Champions League first leg against La Real Sociedad. Okay, yeah, obviously, yeah, a lot of talk about the AFCON, but the Asian Cup as well is going to factor into a lot of teams and they'll be struggling without their players. Mm. Shaka, goalkeeping question for you. Lunin has been good thus far when called upon, looked good again today. What's your thoughts on him going forward? Should he stick around in Madrid for the future Madrid dynasty or find a move away from the Bernabeu in search for playing time? I, I think I think Lunin has shown himself to be a good goalkeeper for quite some time. He's, he's not Thibaut Courtois, but even when Courtois was injured, was it last season or maybe the season before, um, whenever Lunin filled in, I, I thought he did really well in, in, in everything in, in, you've seen. He's just not Thibaut Courtois. So, as a result, and this is always the difficult part, um, do you stay at a club like Real Madrid where there's going to be success but you're not necessarily going to be uh, a sustained part of that success or go to another club where you know you won't be winning as many games but you, you got playing time? I, I always lean on the side of playing time. I, I want to play. And even if it means in a, in a team that doesn't reach the heights that, that Real Madrid does, um, I, I want to be a part of, of, of things. And is Carlo Ancelotti right to not decide between him and Kepa at the moment in the absence of Courtois? It's, it's difficult because I really don't think there's, there's much between the two. And while, you know, Kepa was brought in as, as, as a starter, again, Lunin hasn't done anything wrong and the old cliché possesses nine-tenths of the, of, 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 of the law. Um, and now, the, the thing is, I, I, I spoke about this well in terms of Arsenal with, with Arteta and, and Raya and Ramsdale and I, and I said don't, you, you don't play them off against one, one another. You have to have a, an established number one and the other an established number two. I think the mindset is different here because both of these know that as soon as Courtois is fit, they're going to be number two and number three. So it, it, Ancelotti is able to play that a, a little bit differently than, than Arteta is, is able to. But as of right now, um, the one thing that you know with Lunin is he will spend a long period on the sidelines, come in, play well, spend a long time on the sidelines, come in, play well. So you don't have that concern um, around Lunin. Whereas, well, Kepa has, has, has done similarly for Chelsea, but he's, he's new to Madrid. Okay. Jules, if Germany crash out embarrassingly in the Euros, how likely is it that the German Federation could slash would poach Klopp? Then, with Ancelotti staying in Madrid, Liverpool would be free to bring in Xabi Alonso. Plausible or total nonsense? <laughs> I'm sure that question comes from a Liverpool fan. I love, I love the, <laughs> the, the, the thought process. I think it's a really good thought process. I, I mean, I, Nagelsmann's contract, whether they do well or not in the Euros, finishes at the Euros. So, <laughs> regardless of if they do well or not, if they crash out or not, and they will have to look for another manager. That could be Nagelsmann, of course, and they could extend his contract, uh, but that could also be somebody else. I, I, I think Klopp will eventually manage Germany. Will it be from the summer, like for next season? I think this is too early, and especially because, not just because he's still on the contract at Liverpool, of course, but also because what he's been rebuilding now at the club, and we see this season, must be very exciting for him. And if this season has been maybe more difficult, if they were fifth, sixth, the new signing hadn't really integrated, there was it was just not clicking, then maybe that would be a possibility. Right now, I would be very surprised if club, even if they win 
let's say the, the league and the Europa League, for example, and the FA Cup to so do like a, an amazing treble. I still don't think that he would leave now because he's clearly at the middle of something really, really interesting for him. So I, I love the thought process. I think it's very unlikely that it happens this summer. Yeah, Mitch, let us know. Xavi Alonso, it's got to be exciting for any club, though. Yeah, I, I mean, he, I think he's going to have that time mm. to take time to do what he's doing now and then to just take his pick when it and, comes and to it. So, I mean, so uh, we're with, with uh, as as the question you know kind of alludes to um, Ancelotti signing a new contract. I, I, I'm with Jules. I don't think I don't think Klopp leaves just yet. Right. Sony um, Bayern Munich, who, well, you know, we will see what what they're doing under Tuchel this, this, this season. But at, at, at this is well, if if this season continues to play out as it is, and Leverkusen continues to do as as, as they've been doing. It's going to be a one-horse race for, for Xavi Alonso's signature this summer. Yep, everybody's going to want him. And he's going to, yeah, he's going to have options. Jules, who is your dream PSG signing in January? My dream, as in, like, I can pick anybody? Anybody. It's your dream. Oh, my Not God. Mbappé. Erling Haaland. Erling Haaland every day. Imagine a front two of Haaland and Mbappe. That would be, we, we would, we would like, we would, we would beat everybody. We would win everything. We would be so good. Like, it would be amazing. <laughs> You'll find a way to mess it up. Yeah. You know you will. The problem You'll is. You'll find a way to mess it up. It's, it's Florentino Perez's dream forward line as well. So. <laughs> yeah. You'll find yeah. a way. You and know you somehow, will. I think he has more chances of actually making this happen at Real Madrid than we will ever have at PSG, so <laughs> fair enough. Even though you've already got one of them. Okay. Last question. Jules, yeah. what have you made of Wembanyama's start to his NBA career so far? What have you made of Wemby so far in the NBA? I've loved following it, obviously. Um, I love Greg Popovich, and I think everybody does. He's a legend of the game. I struggle a little bit to understand at times why uh, Victor's minutes are so limited at times, but I think considering the time that he's, he's been on the court, he's been he's been good. He's the the highest blocker in the league in his first season at his age. I think even even with his height, it's not just a given. I think he's great. He averages around 19 points, which I think is decent for a first season considering he plays I think 26 minutes in average or something like that. So I would love to see more. I think the start of the year was a bit difficult because they want they didn't want to play him as as a center. It was more of a four, sometimes even three. Now I think he's better, but he's in a team that is going through a really tough season. They have only won five games all season, so it hasn't been easy. But I think he's done he's done really well. So I'm just hoping that he will play a little bit more maybe in the second half of the season now and that collectively the team will improve and I think his, his stats then will improve and all of that. But so far, it's, a, it's just a learning curve and I think in a way it's probably, it's probably better to learn in a, in a difficult environment than if everything was rosy and everything was kind of too easy. OK, well, that will bring it to the end of Extra Time. Make sure to get through those quotes of Mbappe, Jules. If you see anything at the bottom uh, uh, that we uh, need, yes. we'll have an emergency digital show, OK? Hey, hey, uh, okay, I'm going home. Yeah, I'm, I'm going home. <laughs> yeah, he's got a Trinidad. He's off. And, uh, yeah, safe travel, Shaka. Thanks so much to all of you for being with us. We'll be back again to do it all over again tomorrow.